This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to a special edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, and we are pleased to be joined by one of the premier college football writers in the country, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports, who is also a best-selling author among his many wonderful qualities. So, Dan, really glad to have you here with us. And, uh, you know, it was a wild week last week, and you and I were going back and forth on Thursday night trying to set up this interview, and you had said, not so fast. The Pac-12 is not dead yet. So what can you tell us about what happened between Thursday night and Friday afternoon? Well, the biggest thing was Oregon uh, went back and forth on what they were going to do. And it's a little confusion on whether uh, Oregon wasn't 100% sold on the Big Ten or or leaving the Pac-12. And then the Big Ten kind of they would like to maybe at the time was telling you, well, we're not just sure we need to add these guys. We don't really want them. So it was like, uh, you know, who's breaking up with who. And then there was a lot of, uh, a lot of belief in the PAC 12 that Oregon and, and Washington were show up for this grant of rights meeting. And there was a lot of fear in the big 12 that Oregon and Washington were going to, and there was uh, at least a, a time. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff happened at like one in the morning. Um, I mean, it, there's like there's a 1 a.m. Big Ten presidents call, and then by you know so it's like everyone goes to bed. It's like yeah, it's probably dead, and then uh, you know but until it's dead, and then all of a sudden Oregon and Washington don't show up for this meeting, or they tell them before, look, we're going to go to the Big Ten, so they'd reengaged, and then there's another meeting. It just was a roller coaster, but um, there was definitely a time when the big people in the Big Ten said they weren't coming, Oregon said they weren't going, and people in the Big Twelve thought this is all going to blow up on us. So um, I don't know how long that was. You know, it's hard to know. I I think regardless of what you think of this entire, whether you're happy it happened, whether you hate that it happened, whether whatever you think, this is a really dumb way to run a sport. Like, (laughs) you know, midnight calls and backdoor deals and no one knows what's going on. Like if the NFL is going to expand to a couple teams, they'll spend five years you know, analyzing the city and the stadium site and this. And like, I I got someone from the big 10 telling me on Friday after the deal was done, maybe it was even Saturday. Do you know, you can't land a charter plane at Eugene airport. And I was like, no, I did not know that. That's something you probably would have wanted to find out before you invited them to show up in your league forever. Like they can't land their 737. They'll have to do a different type of plane. Bring the or or land in Portland, I, you know, just a really bizarre way of of handling this whole thing. Uh, Dan, yeah, thanks uh, for joining us. Like Eric said, we appreciate it. Uh, I want to mention something that that Bobby Robbins, Arizona's president, said Monday. He said uh, the streaming option that Apple provided uh, that was the you know, big part of the the Pac-12 deal. It wasn't ideal. He even compared it to having to sell candy bars for Little League or the Girl Scouts. But during that same press conference. He said he and the and the rest of the Pac-12 presidents were ready to sign the Pac-12 grant of rights deal in blood, his words, before Oregon announced it was going to the Big Ten. Can you please help us make sense of that situation? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> they didn't want to have to sell subscriptions. How many subscriptions could they sell? What yeah. were these projections? How long would it take? That was another thing. Because it's like a five-year deal. Well, maybe after five years, you could get up to 1.7. Maybe that was sort of the number they were looking at. Um, and then there's no, you know, your exposure just falls off the, no one can see you play. You know, the only people signing up for this are your own fans. You already have those. But fans. he was ready to sign, like, like you said, sign in blood. Right. So is it just. I, I think at the end, none of them really wanted to leave. That was really the thing. Now you have like in the ACC, Florida State's like a, like, it's like a rodeo bull trying to get out of the pen. It is just wants to go. And so the moment they get a crack, they're going. I don't think any of these guys wanted to go. They wanted the Pac-12 to work. They wanted the Pac-12. They wanted George Klyakov to come in with a really nice deal and everyone stay. I think all of them saw the value of a small league with an automatic bid to the playoff. Um, you know, getting USC out of there kind of opened up a lot of paths for people. I, I just think it was a lot of a lot of not wanting to go. So um, even though he knew it wasn't a great deal for temporary. Uh, you know, is fine. I, I do think one thing that was is overplayed in this is the fear factor, and everyone's playing on fear, is the idea, well, if we don't jump now, we're going to get left behind. We're going to be Washington State or Oregon State, which is what kind of happened. I think when you're the University of Arizona or University of Oregon, that's, that's just a, that's not a, a real fear, right? They're not going to have, if they ever get to the point where they only have like 40 major college football teams, you are never getting in that anyway, or 20, you know, if it's really down to like two leagues, you weren't getting into that, but it, otherwise the university of Arizona is going to be in this. They're not going to have major college sports without a flagship school in a big growing state like that. That's had some success. So I do think he had that. There was a bit of like, look, worst case, we do this for a few years, see what happens. Everything shakes out. Do we have to jump to the big 12 right now? It's not like the big 12 had some other options that were ever going to be better than, than Arizona and Arizona State and, and Utah. So with that being said, do you think Arizona made the right move at the right time or should they have held out and whether they had to play in a Pac-12 Mountain West hybrid, whatever develops out of that, or, or was this the right move at the right time? Um, I think, it, you know, I mean, I think they made a fine choice. Like, I think they're in a good spot and then they continue to build up. If there's further consolidation, they're not married to the big 12 forever. Um, I think the PAC 12 just became really untenable. You were yep. going to be, it, it just wasn't going to work. And, um, you know, imagine trying to sell those subscriptions without Oregon and Washington, you know, you lose two big schools. And um, so I, I think it was at that point, it was time to go. I think, look, Arizona state went and they didn't want to go. Uh, they want no part of it. And, then, you know, at some point, I think uh, Crow was like, yeah, you know, this is it. So I think they made the right move at, at that point. But I think if Oregon had stayed, they would have been justified in saying this isn't great, but um, uh, we can make we can, I think they could have made this work. Um, I, I really wish that all these leagues would do better with some kind of scheduling agreement. Um, there are ways to keep these leagues together and, and still build up. Um you know, uh, there's ways to do this, and they 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 failed on so many times. The Pac-12 just sort of shot themselves in the foot down the line there. Well, when you look at uh, Dan, there, there, what the Pac-12 had planned with the Apple deal is there was no linear partner. So right. how can you be a major conference and not have your games on a primary network? Is that even feasible going forward for anyone? I don't know. Um, probably not. 
you know, how many Arizona games were broadcast? And we're talking football. I, I understand this. You got to protect the basketball program too, which is a huge part of this. And I wish we only had football leagues. And then you could have a basketball league. Then you could have your baseball league. You know, it just doesn't really make any sense, all this stuff. But um, how many times was Arizona football on national television last year? And what were the ratings? That's you know, how many people really watched them? So, and, and you know, the, people talk, well, we got this window on, uh, you know, you got everyone's seen it on those Saturday afternoon. It's CBS, Fox, NBC, and ABC all have a game on. There's four games. And then there's one on college sports network and two on ES. I mean, you know, seven games at once and LSU and Alabama are playing on, on one channel. They're sucking up all of the attention. And so down the line, you know, that's 600,000 people watch. So you're on national TV, but how many people are watching? So um, I think the the key is getting to that level where you become that marquee team. Can they do that in the big 12? Um, maybe, you know, maybe it, it's, it's a viable enough league that they should be able to recruit pretty well. Um, it wasn't like they were absolutely killing it before. Um, but however many games the Big 12 has on national television, there's now um, 16 teams fighting for them. And all 16 of those teams think they have the right to that game. Uh, so national TV time, let alone in a window that isn't that competitive that people are going to watch, is still going to be really tight. Now, how do you think this affects the college football playoff? Because the Pac-12, as it stands now, is not a viable conference and does not deserve a viable or an auto bid. How and when would you expect changes to happen? I think they'll probably, you know, I saw something from Greg Sankey today. So, you know, he was already mentioning it. I, I was hopeful that they, they, they had to change the 24 and 25 season, they need unanimous, I think unanimous support. So that you could hold out and say, no, we should still have, six automatic bids, even though they're really only four major conferences. And then the Mountain West or the AAC or, you know, heck, you know, some Western Michigan has a great year or something in the in the MAC they can get in. Um, I'm fine with that because it's still 10 teams coming from four leagues and really probably three, if anything. But uh, they could also sl- drop that to five and have seven uh, at-large bids. But hopefully they don't veer – one of the mistakes all of these leagues made was not jumping that playoff deal. They offered like a 10-year playoff deal a couple of years ago. And the Pac-12, the ACC, everybody said, no, no, we don't want to make this deal because they because it was Greg Sankey's SEC plan. And they should have grabbed that. I said that at the time, grab it, take your automatic bids and lock it up. And instead they didn't because they were all mad at Greg Sankey and they formed this alliance. And, you know, I mean, it was just – there's been so many missteps, just so many missteps. All right. Two more for you, Dan, uh, sure. take us maybe uh, 10 years into the future. Are we looking at a power two, power three and are regional conferences going to be a thing of the past? I think the mid American conference will never, never die. That league is rock solid. No one wants in and no one wants any of their teams. It's, it's, it's a beauty that's all in Ohio. And Indiana. We all love some <laughs> action, right? You gotta love action. Um, so I think I think we're almost at the power too, to be honest with you. Uh, we're really close. Uh, they just did the uh, preseason poll. I'm pretty sure 10 of the 12, top 12 future teams are in the Big Ten and SEC. Um, he, here's the thing. You can have your power, whatever. There's too many players. Okay, there's too many good players. So it, they don't fit into two leagues. 
And so they the, the the SEC and Big Ten can't arbitrarily say this is it, no more play. Like the NFL says, this is how many players are in the NFL. There's too many good players, so there's still going to be good teams all over the place. At, at TCU has nowhere near the resources or the budget or the or the history, anything of the rest of the country. You know, they made the playoff, they beat Michigan, they made the final, they got rolled there, but. A lot of people get rolled by Georgia, right? Yeah. They had good players. You look at the draft. There's great guys coming from all over. So there's too many good football players for there only to be two major conferences. Now, are they going to have the most money and the most? Sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the best talent because kids go to schools for a lot of different reasons. So um, I think we're getting to where the power is consolidated, but that doesn't mean there is. And, and that, that's why the playoff has to continue to have room for – other teams and 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 i think they're smart enough to do that i know sankey certainly is and that's a big one because he's the key because you can't just sit there and say well you know what gonzaga you play in a horrible basketball league you're no good and it's like really we have a lottery pick every single year we've beaten all of you guys through the years like we we are we're good stop saying that and and i think that's important right uconn you don't have a good football team you can't be good at basketball really we just won the national title we could be good. We're good. So I hope that never happens in football. At least give that path because there are good, too many good players for just the Big Ten to go with. And people want to go to winners. Like, okay, Northwestern and Vanderbilt and Indiana. Look at Indiana football. You want to be Indiana football? You want to be Cincinnati football? Cincinnati has none of the money, none of the conference, none of any of that thing the last 10 years. All they did was win. You know, they had better players than Indiana. Why? They just did. And we certainly know a thing or two about having a, a, a decent men's basketball team and a crap sure football do. team. But yeah. um, last question for you. Speaking of the football team, uh, Jed Fish uh, seems to have the team on an upward trend, but there's only one way direction to go. Uh, five wins last year was actually a big step in the right direction. He's done some solid recruiting so far. What are your thoughts about him and the the, the uh, direction he's uh, taking the program? Yeah, clearly a, a ton of momentum. The the local recruiting is, is picking up. Uh, and I think you're entering now – uh, a league that is really going to be fun to play in and you have a you know you're you're either as resourced or e you're either better resourced or evenly resourced with everybody else you're not sitting there saying how are we going to beat usc um how do we beat oregon and all of nike's money right it, it, it's a tough climb and there's i know there's a lot U, U of a has done have to apologize right it's got a lot going for it but but now you're in this league that i think is going to be really fun and i think it's actually going to get a lot of attention because um, you're going to have the ability to recruit as good of a roster as anyone in the league. And there's just a, but there's a ton of teams that can do that. Uh, it, it, I think the big 12 is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think it's a, it's in that way. Uh, I think the old PAC 12 would have been the best if a nice TV deal, everything would have been fine. But I think for football, U of A found a pretty good little spot for it. Um, maintaining some traditional rivals, getting into Texas and then having this league that they can win. Two more quick ones for you, Dan. Uh, in terms of bowls, you know, we're really excited. Hey, let's hope Arizona makes a bowl game this year. In a couple of years, what do you think happens to the bowl system? I think it, it continues on because people like going to bowls and, and ESPN wants the programming. Uh, ESPN owns most of the bowls, I think, at this point. I think they own over half of them. It's really just a TV show. So, you know, you sit there and go, who's watching the New Mexico Bowl? Uh, on you know December twenty one at, at at noon Eastern. Well, gam yeah, us diehard fans and gamblers who's watching Maction, right? But they can throw it on and and there it is. So 
Um, I think bowls will continue because leagues are willing to subsidize the trips. Um, they're not kind of pure business is more promotional than anything else. Obviously they'll continue to kind of, they're not what they were. Lots of kids sit out now, uh, until they, you know, with the transfer portal happening right after Thanksgiving, it adds that dynamic and all that, but they, they can still be fun. I like them. I do too. I, better. I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I love the content and it's what we want Arizona to have a winning season so they can get there. All right, I don't get question. people who hate the bowls. I'm like, you don't have to watch. Right. We, we love Mexico Bowl. We won two of the most recent bowls. Yeah, ones, right. Like, Mexico like, bowls. There's too many bowls. Okay, don't watch. Like that's fine. No one. It's not a. It's not a Fair law. Enough. They won't come and make you watch. You don't like them. Don't watch. But the rest of us like it. So if you had my vote and you became the, uh, if I had if I had a say and you became the commissioner of college football, if such a position was ever created, what's the first move you would make? Um. At this point, I mean, yeah, can I undo all the some of the other stuff? I I would um I would I would make sure that playoff has at least five automatic bids, if not six. I think I've always thought the playoff, once it got going, would create stability. And if Pac-12 presidents saw the excitement that not just getting a playoff bid, hosting a playoff game could be, but even being in contention in November. And TV networks could see how much ratings will grow if, you know, ma- you know imagine Arizona is still playing and, and the winner has got a shot at the Pac-12 title game that's a play-in, right? Like that TV number now is bigger and the excitement's bigger and they see all that. And I so I, what I really would hate is it's straight at large and then the Big Ten and the SEC can lean this thing out and get 10 of the 12 bids or something like that. I, I really, that would be the one thing I'd do at this point. Um, I would go back and maybe try to undo some stuff, but that ain't gonna be easy to do. Dan, we really appreciate you joining Shane and I on Wildcat Country, and we hope to talk with you again down the road. Anytime, guys. Take care. What's up, Wildcat Country? It's Robbie G, baby, and I am gearing up for a big year with Coach Jet Fish and excited to see what the Arizona Wildcats do this football season. And just like the football team, we stepped up our program as well with the official licensed U of A ice shaker, baby. Check it out and get it at fanatics.com. Bear down, Arizona. Let's go. Well, we really appreciate Dan Wetzel joining us for a special bonus edition of Wildcat Country this week. Hey, the more content, the better, right? Considering all the, the craziness that's going on. It's exhausting, but we do it all for you. We do it all 100%. for you. Uh, check out more of Dan Wetzel on the College Football Inquirer podcast uh, from Yahoo Sports. He is on there with Ross Dellinger and uh, Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty as they break down the latest college football and college basketball news and everything else uh, throughout the season. So check that out, the College Football Inquirer podcast. All right. So, Shane, uh, an interesting uh, Monday where we had uh, Dr. Robbins and Dave Hickey give a press conference about everything that happened. And you had touched on it with Dan Wetzel there. Um, the signing in blood part was the most interesting thing that came to me. I, I just can't imagine that that it just seems not truthful that Arizona was this close to staying in the Pac-12. 
Well, they might have been. And Albert McMurphy tweeted it early that that morning. I remember I, I was waking up getting my coffee and I get the the, twi- the text from you with his tweet. I'm like, oh, man, everything just changed. And it sounds like that's probably the case. They were willing to sign. And then the Big Ten was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to to re- sell Oregon Washington on this. And they they just made like they made one call and that was that. So, uh, so much for signing in blood. But uh, I, I think that Dr. Robbins, if anything, he's guilty of being a little too honest with the media. Mm-hmm. I think Dave yeah. he's a little more polished in that regard. Uh, so I, I, I think that they were, I, I agree with Dan Wetzel. I, I, and, you know, I trust his reporting on it and Brett McMurphy's and others that they were willing to sign the, the grant of rights deal because they really wanted to stay in the PAC 12 for, for the time being. Uh, but when Oregon and Washington left, they felt like they had no choice. So I get that. It's just funny that to hear, Dr. Robbins completely trash a deal that he was willing to quote unquote sign in blood just a few hours before they changed their minds. Yeah. And that was where, uh, first of all, I came away from that press conference saying, boy, I are really glad to have Dr. Robbins. I hope he doesn't leave for Stanford uh, in due time because he, I appreciate his honesty. Listen, did we, a few years ago, we kind of were lukewarm on the fact that he was so into the sports component, but when you compare him to somebody like Ann Weaver Hart, who was his predecessor, who didn't care at all and probably would have been more Michael Crow-esque, oh, I don't want to disrupt anything. We'll just keep it as is. You have to appreciate Dr. Robin shaking things up and making moves. Yeah, and, and I wonder, because you know, the, these school presidents here, they it's a tough spot to be in because they're really not like, they're not salesmen and they're, 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 they're kind of, they're, they're talked to by salesmen and, and they have, they have to make these decisions and sometimes make them fast. And they're not necessarily there for that. I know it's part of the job, but you know, to be a school president, you know, it's m- much more than see, overseeing athletics. I mean, you have a guy to oversee athletics and then you can worry about other stuff. So he, there's, he has a lot to, a lot of balls to juggle at all in any given time. And so I kind of feel bad that he and the other presidents were put on the spot a bit. And I, I do think back to what uh, our, our friend Blair Willis told us a couple of days ago, as far as who do you blame for the demise of the PAC 12? And and maybe it was a, a bit of indecisiveness from the presidents who were, I won't say in over their head in their situation, but really not geared to, to handle these things as well as uh, you know, a, um, you know, a, a, a pro GM or, or pro a sport president might be. Well, we'll talk more about uh, Big 12 craziness in the coming weeks. I think the scheduling is one thing you and I will discuss uh, yeah. going forward as to what what do you think that will look like? Um, but now it's done. I mean, we have, uh, you know, we've talked about this for, you know, last summer and this summer, and it's really taken up a, a good chunk of our episodes, which has been great. I think next summer, Shane, it'd probably be a cool idea to to have on maybe some correspondence from some of the other new schools that we're joining up with. Mm. Um, and get to find out more about who Arizona is getting to play, maybe the cities that they're in. So, but before then, we have a lot of sports talk about football is only a few weeks away, basketball after that, some really exciting times coming up here. So, before we uh, get out of here for this brief episode, want to thank our friends at Ice Shaker. Check them out, icehaker.com. And you can go to use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, and enjoy it just like Shane did for $5 off with that promo code or check them out at fanatics.com. So we want to thank Dan Witzel for joining us. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down. <laughs>